Hello and welcome to episode 171 of Enough. I am Mike Hurley, who is currently congested with a cold, as you may have noticed a change in my voice. And I am joined, as always, by the breezy, the unblocked Mr. Patrick Roan. Oh boy, unblocked, really? Yep. Dude. That's what you are I today. I was born blocked. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm hanging in. Yeah. I got, I'm kind of manic today. Plus, it's chilly here. I'm really cold. Like, like having to sit on my hands, sort of cold. To warm them up, sort of cold. Which, whoops, sorry. Which is unusual because I don't, uh, I don't normally kind of get affected by cold like that. Right. But it's a uh, kind of damp, not really rainy, but drizzly. Right. Like there's, there's almost like a misty sort of quality to the air. And it's cold. It's, you know, like in the, I want to say 40s Fahrenheit. So it's just chilly. Hmm. It's just all that weight you've chilly. lost from the running. That too. I, it could be that. It also could be um, um, uh, uh, I was pretty hungry, actually, when, uh, when I, I, Mike called me today. I was in the middle of eating a sandwich, so we didn't start recording right away. Um because I was a client all morning and such. So, oh well. These things happen. Um, uh, so, gosh. Uh, we wanted to talk about app.net. What are we yeah. going to say about app.net? I mean, People I, should use it. That's what we should say. I don't want to go like into it like too much, because uh, I will probably have other shows this week where I talk about it. Um, I've, lots of other podcasts are talking about it. And I think that's because it's kind of seen a real big uplift in the last week or so mm. um, and that it's would- funny how how uh, those uh, those bots guys uh, can can change entire networks like that isn't it yeah well I mean so obviously netbot launched um, everybody probably knows about this already but just in case you don't um, a popular Twitter client that me and Patrick have spoken about before and we both use as our Twitter clients tweetbot um, the uh, the guys who make that the company Tapbots, they released their net their their app dot net client, which they called Netbot. Which I don't really like the name, but I think you know. mm, it works for now. Yeah, nothing else. They couldn't have used anything else really, to be honest, because I think the service hasn't got a great name. Um, but so that yeah, they released Netbot for iPad and for iPhone. Mm. Um, first iPad client, I believe, and I mean, it, and and what it did was. I know it did this for a lot of people. It did it for me. It made it gave me a consistent experience to to the one that I love, mm-hmm. um, and therefore I was able the, to, the the one that you love for Twitter, the yeah. one that you love and use for Twitter. Mm-hmm. You now had that same kind of consistent look feel experience for using that with App.net. Exactly. So that so and now. Um, now I am I am checking app.net more and more and more each day and I am um I'm posting different um I'm posting different things to app.net. Mm. So like I've been posting a lot more about podcasting on app.net. Yeah, interesting. Interesting why that that's interesting why. I don't know. I I don't know. I think there might, you know, it's probably a couple of reasons. I mean, I have more space to explain myself, 
So if I've got having some... 256 characters versus 140, I'm filling in the blanks here because there are probably there are probably at least some people in our audience who have not even bothered to try app.net and don't yeah. know the differences. No, thank you for doing that for me. Um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, the, you've got like nearly nearly double the amount of space mm-hmm. to say what you want to say, and also I feel like. The people that are on app.net are like the nerdiest of the nerds. Ah, see, I thought that's what you were going to say. So they might be a little bit more um, intrigued about, even if they're not, I mean, and most of them aren't really podcasters themselves. I mean, everybody that follow, well, like 99% of the people that follow me are interested in podcasting. That's why they follow me. So I'm just sort of saying... Well, I, I don't really, you know, I've just said a few of a few things that I have I've put there. I've not put on Twitter, wouldn't have put on Twitter, and I'm just as I go down the path, I'm trying to think about the types of things that I would post there, and that's the sort of stuff. So, like, I was complaining about um, the way that some podcast clients cache uh, feeds. So I was complaining about that and why that affects me. Mm. which I would never have posted to Twitter. One, because I couldn't really have explained it properly um, without going into multiple tweets, and I don't really like doing that um, because if you're because if somebody's like reading from the opposite way, it kind of then doesn't make sense. You know, if you're posting two tweets and they might see the second tweet before they see the first tweet, and then that's just confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I'm really enjoying the experience. Like I'm super happy that I've got a client that I'm comfortable with and enjoy. I was using an app called Felix before. Yeah, which, which is, was good. It's really nice. I, I, it's a very mm-hmm. nice app. But it and, and, and I was getting more into it um, because of that application, but TweetBot sort of is just is, is the app that I wanted. Um, but also what Sorry, NetBot is the app that I wanted. Uh, (laughs) It's so confusing, isn't it? I mean, and that's actually one of the kind of early complaints right out of the gate was from a lot of people was like, why, why do you make it look so much the same? Why, why not make it different? Uh, you know? I'm, I'm happy it's the same. And I'll tell you why I'm happy, Pat, because sometimes I forget which app I'm in and some people don't like that. But I mm-hmm. like that because it means that I'm um, become like sort of passively accustomed, like acclimatizing myself to app.net more. Uh, Yes, and I would also argue that um, one of the – the other part of the beauty of that is that it's not so much the network that matters as much as it is your – the way that you interface with said network. Yeah. That the network is infrastructure in the same way that, you know, um, yeah, we all use the internet, but – we all have a particular preference about the way we choose to to interface with said internet, i.e. which browser we use and why, and that these things matter, right? And that the basic infrastructure of the internet is the same no matter what, but, you know, how you choose to interface with it is. Uh, and so it relegates the social network to the place I've always felt it should be, which is more of a utility, more of an infrastructure, and less of a of a thing. And one of the reasons why um, I uh, am more happy at App.net than I uh, was beginning to become at Twitter. Right. Right? Because Twitter very much wants to control the way that you interface with its service. 
and is increasingly doing taking more and more steps to ensure that you that you interface with it in only ways that it approves of whereas app.net is i mean almost going the radical other direction they are far more interested it seems in the infrastructure and providing the tools within this infrastructure for developers to build the interface experiences that they want. And because of that, the clients that we are seeing just right out of the gate without without any um, you know, real uptake from it uh, other than, um, you know, hey, it's just a bunch of geeks, um, is, um, I mean... The, the differences between them are, are somewhat stunning. Like, what's that one? Is it River? R-I-V-R? Yeah, I don't like that one because it hashtags everything. Well, it might hashtag everything. It, doesn't, it, it, it hashtags the things that it needs to hashtag for, the own, for its own rich metadata that other River clients understand. Yeah, but but if- once again... All app dot those things are not built into app.net, but app.net is not doing anything to to disallow them. They're just providing the plumbing, right? And allowing developers to decide, oh, oh, we can do we can expand it. We can take it to here, we can take it to there. Let's do that. You know? And I like I said, I think that there that 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 is the fundamental difference between the two networks and the reason why I have chosen one over the other is because on one used to be like that and had the promise, had the capability to do more of that. And instead took the things that were created organically by users at replies and hashtags being two specific things, co-opted them and are trying to control the experience around them. And I have, I have, you know, that instead of providing a utility and a service, they are more interested in in controlling the experience. Um, and the the difference is app.net really they're the they don't want to control the experience any more than they have to. And they are way more interested in providing the right plumbing. So that developers can can tap into that, and to and can expand upon it, and to can create with it, and I I love that I love that perspective, and because of that, you're seeing a whole bunch of different types of clients yeah. uh, propagate. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, I don't know how it's going to fit. Like I, I don't know what what will happen because I can't I can't see myself leaving Twitter for it. Because there are people that I will always want to follow that mm-hmm. I know won't move, just won't move, um, because they won't see the point of moving and paying, or just moving at all. Um, so I just, I wonder sort of where where I will be in six months to a year's time, 
well, like if 99% of the people that I want to follow move over, then maybe I'll check Twitter as much as I check Facebook, mm-hmm. which is like once a day if it's lucky. Yeah. Who knows? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is I'm checking app.net alongside Twitter now. You know, if I'm checking mm-hmm. my Twitter stream, mm-hmm. I will check my app.net stream or vice versa. Like, I will just sw- swap over the apps. Yeah, um, and I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. And what I will say, um, just of course, we'll move on from this now. Um, but just before I do move on, if you are interested in App.net and the goings on, I would suggest that you keep your eye on Command Space in the next couple of weeks because mm. I have a very exciting um, guest that coming up that I'm pretty sure you will like to hear from. Say well, no and, more, as they uh, say. Say no more. And also, I I want to note to people that. <clears throat> One of the other nice things about app.net is that uh, just like Twitter, it's exposed to the public. If you know someone's someone's username on app.net, you can you can go and read what read their posts. Yeah. In the same way that you can with Twitter, right? So if you if you go to you know uh, alpha.app.net slash Patrick Roan, you can see everything that I'm posting there. And same thing with iMike, and same thing, you know, if you know the app.net, app.net username in the same way with Twitter, you can go and you, so you don't have to sign up to see what's being said. Right. You know, uh, and, and, uh, you know, that too is, you know, I mean, uh, is helpful. I think for those people that don't want to move, don't want to pay the money, aren't quite sure if it's for them, whatever. The other one thing I want, last thing I wanted to say about app.net is that the other thing that the 256 character limit uh, does is I think it allows for, um, well, uh, it allows for uh, better expansiveness with a thought. So you can, you can express a thought more deeply or much more cogently. Than you can with the lower limitation, um, and I think that that plays into the fact that that that's one of the things that plays into the fact that I find that the conversations that I have on App.net are richer and can be uh, and and be, can be more rewarding for me. Um, uh, one that comes to mind very recently was I had uh, you know basically a two day. Um, or maybe it was 24 hours total, but it spanned a couple of days, uh, conversation around uh, um, the upcoming movie Lincoln spurred it um, and my linking to the trailer of it. But more importantly, um, the deeper motivations behind uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and in general, the war between the states, otherwise known as the Civil War, which is uh, unfortunately uh, what it's come to be named uh, in this country, and we, we've come to ca- call it kind of colloquially, but um, it in fact uh, it was not a civil war <laughs> because these were two uh, separate, uh, uh, separately governed entities that were fighting it at the time the Civil War started. Uh, the South had officially seceded from the United States of America. It was not part of the United States of America, and so therefore this was not a civil war. <clears throat> 
But I digress. <laughs> but it was things like that that we had this long conversation about. Uh, and it was just fantastic and rich and deep and deeply rewarding. And is one of those subjects that I, uh, that I know a lot about <laughs> and that I could discuss at length a lot if given the opportunity. And app.net gives me those sorts of opportunities to uh, to talk about and express things much deeper. Um, speaking of which, so one of the other things I, I, I posted um, recently over on app.net um, was a link to uh, coding horror is the name of the of of the site. Uh, I'm I'm having a hard time for whatever reason remembering uh, the name of the Jeff Atwood. Uh, Jeff Atwood. There we go. And uh, very recently, he posted a uh, a post called "To Don't." The main thrust of which is this, um, and that is that. You don't need to-do lists, <laughs> right? That to-do lists are um, basically just a big bag of uh, itemizing your pain. The pain of the things that you're, you know, not getting done or that, are, that you, you know, are weighing on you or what have you, right? That, that in fact, <clears throat> most people know what they should be working on at any given time. They know what they have to do. And that if you don't know what you have to do, if you don't know what's most important to you right now to accomplish, then you have deeper problems than a to-do list is going to solve. Right? Right. Um, And uh, there's something about it that resonated with me. And what it is is something else that I had been meaning to write out and put into kind of coherent thought, but hadn't quite been able to gather my thinking around it yet. But it was basically revisiting this, and that is um, no matter what application I use for tracking my kind of big list of things I have to do, um, whether that be OmniFocus or um, or what have you, um, more often than not, as I've expressed here before, OmniFocus is uh, what I go to when that big list of things I have to do turns into um, way more to kind of map out and lay out than I could otherwise do with pen and paper. But it's generally temporary. It generally lasts for about a month, and then I go back to pen and paper, which is what I'm on right now. Um, You know, So I have my big list of things I've got to do. But that's not really what drives my day. What drives my day, and it's something I've written about uh, on my blog a while back, but I wanted, I'm going to revisit it again, is something I often refer to as my today card. And every morning or the night before, um, sometimes, I will take out a blank 3x5 card. I will write on that 3x5 card the the up to three and no, never, ever, ever any more than three. Um, that's the rule. Things that I want to accomplish today. These are the things that I want to focus on today. 
And then the rest of the white space on the card, whether that be below those three things or on the flip side of the card, if, if I need to flip over, if I need the extra space, is really my to-don't list. It is the place where I capture the things that either pop into my head or come up or have asked of me or emailed of me or what have you that are actually in the way of the things that I'm working on right now. In other words, so I've got on my to-do list that I want to talk about to-don't lists on the podcast today. Right, and while I'm sitting here talking about it, and we're da da da, something else comes up, and we're yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that's right, the new Sherlock Holmes. I should investigate for Mike how to get that new American Sherlock Holmes series over in the UK. Uh, no, don't need to talk about, don't need to think about that right now. That's getting in the way of us talking about what's right here right now. I write that on the blank space on the card. Not to remember it necessarily, but to forget it, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Yeah. To forget thinking about it right now. It's out of your brain. It, to get it out of my brain. That's right. And I think that um, uh, – so basically what I have is I have a – what I you know, should more appropriately title something like a focus card – Oh, the reason I write down those three things on a card, I keep that card right next to my laptop. And I don't write those things down so that I can like check them off some list or whatever, or check them off and feel all good about what I'm getting done. I, I just keep it there so I can, when I go to like check and see, oh, well, you know, I wonder what the latest posts are on app.net. Let me go check. I have this thing that's staring me in the face, reminding me what I really should be doing. Right, it's for focus. It's not because I don't know I need to be doing them. It's so that when my mind wanders, it's reminded of what's important. If that makes sense, it's reminded. Nope, need to be doing that. Um, so I've got a focus card, and then I've got a forget card. <laughs> you know, or I should say, a focus side to the card and a forget side to the card. One is for focusing, the other is for, is for forgetting, at least for now, and to capture those things and to enter them in someplace else where maybe possibly they will get done later. But I know what I need to do when I wake up in the morning. I don't need a list to tell me that. And if, uh, you know, if, if it's something I don't want to forget or something that has to be done on a specific day, well, that should be on a calendar. That shouldn't be on a list. And I guess, you know, that's uh, kind of my own clarity and my own take around the, the four or five uh, to don't uh, <laughs> style posts that I have seen in the past, uh, in the past bit. And I should note that, that most of those uh, were sent to me by my friend Garrick, who we were having this conversation I was telling him about kind of my ideas around, you know, the focus card and things like that. And he was like, have you seen the, like the kind of, you know, the, the war against uh, to-do lists uh, sort of posts that have been popping up everywhere? I'm like, no, I haven't caught any of them. And so he sent me this list of like five of them. I was like, whoa, 
There's like a revolution going on here, like an anti-productivity. Like in the same way that we had a productivity revolution where like everyone and their cousin was writing about productivity. Now you have everyone and their cousin writing about the exact opposite. <laughs> or I should say not so much that, but that you know, productivity really is about doing the things that matter right now, here, today. That anything else is actually taking away time and energy from those things you really need to be doing. Thoughts? Um, I mean, we were talking a little bit before the show, and you kind of alluded to it here, and you kind of said that you felt that if somebody doesn't know what they need to be doing, then they've got another problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the moment, like I've recently transitioned into a new job, and my job is now project-based. Um, and I will typically have about five or six campaigns that I'm working on, uh, marketing campaigns that I'm working on. Um, and there has been times where I've forgotten about one for a day or two, mm. but there was something that I needed to do, but it was a small thing, but it had a deadline attached to it. Um, and mm. it may have escaped my brain. Um, mm. So I'm starting to find the need for lists. I haven't started doing something like that yet because I don't really know what I want to do, but I'm just writing more things down. Mm-hmm. Um, just as little reminders for myself. So I think I think it can differ depending on what, what it is that you're actually doing. Well, and I would say that if these are things that have kind of due dates attached to them or, you know, things like, okay, I need to do this by this date, then you might want to consider putting that into some sort of system that reminds you when you need to be reminded before that thing needs to get done. Yeah, I've just, if never, that been makes sense, I've right? just never been good with OmniFocus. Or, you know. Yeah. I mean, increasingly, uh, I mean, so uh, other programs that, you know, just suggestions for you. Have you checked out, uh, God, what is it? Alarms, is it? I, I, have, it? I have an app that I use called Dew. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's the iPhone app. Yep, yeah. that's that's a and good one, I that works. That works pretty well, but it's, I mean... It's just sort of for setting things like little reminders. It's basically just setting reminders. But I'm starting to think that I might need something a little bit more um, complex than that, like Mm project-based stuff. Mm. And I'm kind of thinking that, I mean, I own own, um, copies for for all devices for OmniFocus, and I own copies on all devices for things as well. And uh, maybe I need. I'm thinking that there might be a part of me that needs to dive back into those, just a little bit, and sort of see where I'm going to go. But the the problem that I have is that my use of these systems will be primarily on iOS devices because I cannot install my own applications um, on my work computer mm. because it's big corporations it's locked down for security mm-hmm. apparently mm-hmm. Um, so you know I mean I'm just wondering if, so for example I have used um, OmniFocus on the iPad where it is considered by many to be the best but I find the method for entering projects to be too slow hmm. okay. I don't like All it right. I don't like it um, and it doesn't really obey my keyboard in the way that I would wish so I don't know I don't know what it's going to be for me to be honest yeah, you know, I, I guess I would. I would because uh... I really don't like the way that OmniFocus looks on the iPhone. I, do, I, do, I think that it is rather unattractive. Yeah. Well, well then I guess, uh, and this is just me. This is how I I work, right? 
you know. And so let me, you know, preface with saying what I, what works for me, you know, may not and almost likely not won't will work for you. And I think that's the other whole kind of flip side to the whole productivity thing and even reading posts about it. Even the posts are like anti-to-do list or whatever. To-do lists work for some people. They work really well. For others, they don't. And I've got my own system. I have that system based upon what works for me. And I've come up with what works for me based upon not reading a lot of posts about it, but but about actually in practice. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Like you're saying, you you're 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 working at a thing, and you're seeing where things are breaking and where things are working, and you're fixing those breaking things as you go along, right? Here's a broken thing. You're finding that some balls are getting dropped because of X and that you need a solution for X and that you're going to come up with a solution that works for you. may not work for everybody. And I think that that's the way that in general we should all approach productivity, right? It shouldn't be like I read this post or I buy this program and and, uh, the system is built for me. It's no, you should first just figure out what problems you need to solve and then, and then solve those problems and not think that by just buying into someone else's system that all of your problems are going to be solved. <clears throat> like, I'm actually thinking that I might prefer to use things okay. by culture Very. code just because their design aesthetic is more to my liking. And mm-hmm. that's an important thing for me. Sure. If I'm going to be living in an application, I like it to look nice. Like if I need if I need to make a list for something, I use Clear for that. Okay. All I, right. I really like Clear by Real Max Software. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like for example, whenever um, we launch a new show, there are a bunch of things that I need to do. So you know write a blog post, make sure the host page is updated, blah, 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 blah. So I yeah, have to... Kind of almost, you could almost template it, yeah. right? Like, but you know... I'm sure that there's probably, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll get people telling me there's a way to do that in OmniFocus, and I'm sure that there is. But I, I know what those steps are mm-hmm. if I sit down and think about them for a few minutes. So I just go to clear and I start a new little list and I just pop all those things in because I love the way you can enter. I've never found an application on the iPhone, any of these sort of applications where you can enter things so quickly. Mm. Like you just type and press enter, it just drops into a new line. And Mm -hmm. I just wished that there was other iOS apps that do that. I mean, maybe, maybe all I need, Pat, is just like an iPad version of clear as well. Like, and then my, maybe my life is sorted. I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know, I, for me, here's here's what I do with stuff like that, right? And that is that if it's a project with, like, all of these steps and that there are certain things that have to be done by certain times or whatever, well, uh, you know, I'll do all that, you know, write it all out in pen and paper or, or you know, OmniFocus, whatever. Um, but then for the things, just for the things that need to get done by a certain time, just for those tasks or whatever – I'll make reminders for those using a different program, right? Right. And where I'm going to see it. In in my case, uh, more often than not, uh, it's uh, it's actually my uh, uh, you know uh, 37 Signals backpack, 
which I found they no longer are letting users into. It, it essentially is defunct, but there, you know, if you are a current user of it, you can. But it's got a built-in uh, reminder thing that uh, will uh, alert you by email and text message when you know for a reminder so i can i remind myself to do things using that and that way i get an email and a text message saying hey this you know do this and i make sure that it goes on my on my focus card for the day my today card so i don't know but uh, we probably beat this horse to death. Uh, the, the the bottom line of it is, uh, I'm gonna uh, put up in the show notes, uh, you know, links to these various posts. I'll, I'll send them to Michael. Give him a look. See if you know this is uh, something that interests you. You want to see kind of alternative view uh, to your typical, uh, yeah. Because every time I see another to do list application, I'm just like, oh, cheapers. Does the world really need this, right? It's like, and the, the, this is the exact opposite of that. And I think it's interesting to see people kind of writing this different perspective finally. Because this is a voice that I think needed uh, to be heard in a conversation that needed to be had uh, about two years ago when everyone and their cousin was obsessed over productivity. Um, so, in any case... We should uh, we should talk about our, our fine our fine friends here. We should. The fine friends that Patrick is referring to are, of course, our fine friends over at the lovely Squarespace company they're, institution. They're, they're great. They're really great guys. Great folks. Yeah. I don't know if they're all guys. So that was really wrong of me. That was sexist of me. In fact, guys could and be gals. some girls too. Guys and gals, and I'm sure they're all beautifully attractive, just like Squarespace. Yeah, I, I bet, in, and they and they smell good too. I bet they do. Something that's beautifully attractive about Squarespace not only are the people working there are their templates. So Squarespace they give you absolutely everything you need to make an amazing website, including beautiful templates. They're very clean. They let your content do all the talking, and they have some new templates as well. So. Typically, you know, in the past we've spoken about if you want to create um, a blog or a portfolio, they have great templates for that with Squarespace 6. But if you are a business owner, um, Squarespace has some new templates for business owners too. Um, so they've what they've done is they've, they've created some some beautiful image-based, te- like the, you know, they're sort of, um, they're meant more maybe for static pages, I guess, um, but they're very beautiful and they have, um, they give you the opportunity to make, make, write some nice text and they have some beautiful image areas. They, they're they called Dovetail and Five are the names of the new um the new templates that they're using. They have okay. multiple column layouts, automatic mobile views with their responsive web design. They have per page headers and, and lots of other great stuff. And you can add in with their layout builder, um, which is their like their page content management system. You can add in things like uh, little Google Maps you can put in there so people can find out how to find your business. You just drag and drop that in and just put in the information you need. Say your company has a Twitter account where you can just drag in the Twitter widget and enable that and just put in the information that's required and they can see all the tweets that your company account is Twittering. But of course you can do all of that for your personal site too and that's what I love about Squarespace is it. I find it to be very flexible. Um, Not only do I have my personal blog at mikehurley.net on Squarespace, I also run the 70 Decibels Podcast Network website from a Squarespace blog which is 
I think you must agree from that that you can see the flexibility um, there. And you know, I know people that use businesses. I know people that have uh, art galleries and stuff, and that you know, people want to display their work. And what's great about Squarespace is everything is integrated from hosting to design to 24/7 customer support, which is award-winning. Um, and if you sign up for one of their annual plans, you get free custom domain names too and you can also have Mm -hmm. Google Apps integration um, so it can set up all of your email and stuff with those domain names there's absolutely no credit card required to try out Squarespace just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and you can start your two week free trial Uh, Squarespace plans start at their monthly plans which are $10 for the standard plan and $20 a month for the unlimited plan but if you sign up for one year you get a free custom domain name which you just um, sign up for during the uh, purchase checkout process. Um, And you also get 20% off the prices, the monthly prices. So you pay up front, but you get like sort of 20% off in the the aggregate. And if you sign up for two years, you get 25% off. But I can give you an additional 10% off. So if you're paying monthly, you'll get 10% off your first month. If you're paying annually, you'll get an, you could get up to 30 or 35% off your annual price, which is a really big ah. saving. Ah, yes. okay. I yeah. see how that works. So if, okay. you, if you sign up for a year, you get 30% off the regular price all in all. And all Has you it need always, to do, wait, has it worked like that always? Yeah, yeah they are. They're cumulative. Oh, see, I didn't. Oh, see, oh, I'm sorry. This is like a light bulb to me. Like this, this is the first time I kind of understood that it worked that way. Yeah, I wanted to try and make that clear because I don't, I don't know if people have always recognized that. So yeah, oh, that's kind of a bargain, way. man. Yeah, so you can get like a third off the regular price. Um, it was, all you need to do is at the purchase screen, there's a little button that says enter an offer code. You click that yeah. and then you enter the code 70 decibels 10. For 10% okay. off. I mean, if you just want to try it out, if you're interested in trying it out, I mean, you've heard me talk about them for a long time, so you know that I love them and I do endorse them. Um, if you just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels and sign up for a two-week free trial, even if for some crazy reason you don't sign up, you're at least showing Squarespace that you've heard about them through us um, and that helps them to continue supporting us. And if they continue to support us, um, then we can continue to deliver the content that you enjoy. Squarespace really do, on a weekly basis, make um, the network possible. So I want to thank them for their continued support, and I want to thank everybody that's tried it, and I want to thank any of you that are about to. So thank you to Squarespace. Yeah, yeah, very very cool, and thank you. I'm glad that that kind of light went off for me. I was, I was, that, that, that works out really slick. Okay. Uh, all right, so the, the last thing I wanted to talk about, are we doing okay for time? How are we doing uh, for time? We're approaching 40 minutes, so. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep this as brief as I can. So about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, or even briefer, if, I, if possible. I mean, look, I... I like I said, you know, the longer format, that's great. And we've decided to kind of go with it for now. And, you know, I think the feedback that we've gotten is overwhelmingly positive. But, the, you know, I don't want to take any more people's time than I absolutely have to because time is, is extremely valuable. The thing is, like, we, we've gotten a lot of feedback. Um, but And everybody that I've sort of said, you know, um, give us give it a shot with, nobody's come back and told me that they hate it. But 
I mean, I might get a couple of people that do that now, but um, mm-hmm. I've not had people come back in the in sort of the long term since we've been doing this for about a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not really had a lot of people come back to me since, like you know, a couple of weeks after, and told me they're enjoying it. I know that I'm really enjoying it, and I think it would be safe to say, Pat, that we're probably going to stick with this format now. Yeah, I think so. Good. That's probably safe to say. Excellent. All right. Uh, so. Uh, I've been tapped to speak at this at this conference. I've been trying to come up with uh, topics uh, on, on which to speak. Uh, supposed to be technology stuff. Supposed to be practical stuff. Uh, it's a local conference here called Giant Steps uh, for creative entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial creatives. Um, so, uh, kind of, um, it, it's it's really meant to kind of get a whole bunch of different sorts of folks into a room and get them talking and possibly collaborating and just kind of seeing what comes of that. Um, But uh, one of the things that I'm going to be doing is a breakout session. Um, And uh, and so I've been thinking through a lot of possible directions to go uh, because I'll only have about an hour. uh, That's not a lot of time. And so I kind of want it to be focused but want it to be a practical takeaway, right? Um, things that people can take away and, and, and apply immediately. And because the audience is going to be mixed, you know, discussing on a particular topic is going to be, I think, problematic. Like, for instance, I had the idea, well, you know, ooh, I could do like a whole hour just on, you know, getting good at email, right? Problem with that is it's, it's going to be filled with a lot of kind of, you know, at least half of my audience is likely to be a bunch of uh, a bunch of kids that don't use email. <laughs> you know, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, kids don't use email. This is this is what some kids told me. Like email is like something that they just rarely ever use because they're texting, and email to them is sending a message on Facebook. Well, that right? I mean, it doesn't help that Facebook have their own email service, right? Do you know what I hear a lot, and I this this phrasing drives me mad. But um, mm-hmm. I see it on Facebook, and I hear people say it. They call it inbox me. How weird is that? Oh, that is how weird, weird is that? Because That's obviously strange. Facebook call it the inbox, so yeah. they're like inbox me, or I inboxed you. That is weird. How strange is that? Isn't that peculiar? Well, I mean that. So this is a whole another conversation, but yeah. but essentially, what Facebook is building is a is is a shadow internet, right? Yeah. Uh, what's going on on Facebook is essentially like a shadow internet. It's it's an internet layer built by by Facebook on top of the regular internet, and that there are things that happen within that layer that are perfectly possible to do on the other general internet, but that there's a whole group of people that not only never do it there, but have no clue how to, right? Yep. yep. It's, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. In any case, I, I digress. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, uh, I kind of threw that idea out the, out the door. So it got me thinking, okay, what is it? What is it that I think could give people from all stripes of life, you know, all ages, the most kind of uh, practical takeaway? And that's when it hit me. 
the best possible upgrade that we can perform when, it, when approaching any technology is to ourselves. It has very, very low cost, but has tremendous bang for the buck, right? Want to learn how to make mail, Mac mail faster without performing any updates or installing any new operating system or getting any new computer? Learn how to use it better. The better you are at using it, the faster it will go. And then if you get really, really good, if you get as good as you possibly can, if you get to know it inside and out, then you should start considering <laughs> like, oh, and now to make it faster, I need to improve the system, right? But like the world of difference between how I used to use Mac Mail, say even, let's just say three years ago versus how I use it today, the biggest the biggest speed increase and the biggest upgrade that I it could have ever received, right? And the way it received that upgrade was I learned every single keyboard shortcut I need to know to completely navigate mail without ever touching the mouse. Huh. <laughs> Thus yeah. making me ridiculously fast at it. <laughs> at least, you know, and ridiculously comfortable and ridiculously familiar with it, right? You know, there's there's you know very few things that about about mail that I don't know how to do, right? Um, or I should say, things there. There's nothing that I do on any sort of even irregular basis that I don't you know I don't know how to do, and I don't know how to do with the keyboard, right? You know, I can navigate my you know my inbox, switch between folders. You know, some of this requires uh, plugins like mail tags, uh, for instance, or uh, mail act on, sorry, um, not mail tags. Uh, but mail tags is great too, but mail act on especially. Um, but you know, file messages away in various folders, da, 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 all with a keyboard. And it really improved the experience for me. Um, and I think that's true of most programs, right? And I think even like the built-in things that we don't even consider, like uh, 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 Dave Kahlo did a great post about this. I think it was him who did this post. But basically, there's built-in text expansion on, in iOS that a lot of people don't even know about. Yep, I use it every day. Yep. You want to you want to save yourself a ton of time every day. Take the time to find to to find the, um, the what's it called? It's called the snippets or something like that. Yeah, it's in the keyboard settings. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, it's in keyboard settings. So if you you know uh, go into your you know settings app and you where is it? Uh, yes, and you go into general and down to keyboard. Uh, underneath shortcuts, you can add shortcuts. So, for instance, OMW, type OMW, and it will automatically expand to On My Way. Yep. And you can add a whole bunch of 
additional shortcuts. Now, it's not perfect. This is not text expander. It's not like, you know, super, you know, like, you know, you can run scripts with this thing or anything like that. But simple phrases like, you know, be right. I'm doing it right now as we speak. Simple phrases like be right there. There we go. Be right there. Add a shortcut. B R T. Save. And now I have a shortcut for be right there. So I type B R T. Boom. I've just saved myself a lot of typing. And those seconds add up. And the funny thing about those seconds is they'll never repeat themselves. You can't get them back. <laughs> so the more of them you save and the more they add up, they, the more they pay off. Right? <clears throat> Things like that, that that we can save ourselves a lot of time and a lot of headache and get a tremendous upgrade, not by upgrading our systems, but by upgrading our knowledge of them. And that's really it in a nutshell, and I think that that's the, uh, that's the message that I plan to deliver at Giant Steps is to not only talk about that idea, but to go through several ways of going about doing that as well as, you know, places to learn this stuff and books to get and things like that. Like, for instance, if you haven't got, gone out and gotten um, David Sparks and Brett Terpstra's uh, 60 Mountain Lion Tips uh, iBook thing yet, it's probably the best $7 you're going to spend between now and Christmas, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, it's it's really, really good. And the reason why it's really, really good is because it's full of tons of things just like that. All of them to help you learn keyboard shortcuts, save you time, um, and point out all of these cool features that you probably had no idea existed. And I would add that you don't necessarily have to have Mountain Lion that a good chunk of them, not all of them, but a good chunk of them apply to Lion as well. And ton, ton of stuff you can learn there, right? $7 and will save you minutes, hours, days, weeks worth of time. Forget it. That's that's a no-brainer, right? Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think we too often are looking outside ourselves for solutions instead of looking looking at what we have and knowing it better as being one of those solutions. Right? Indeed. So, so uh, yeah, upgrade yourself wherever possible. Instead of upgrading the thing, upgrade yourself first. Thank you very much, Patrick. You are available on um, app.net. You are Patrick Roan, P-A-T-R-I-C-K-R-H-O-N-E. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on the Twitter and the app.net. So feel free to follow me wherever you may please. Lovely. We will be back next week for episode 172 of the Enough. Wow, these are just flying by, aren't they? They are indeed. Um, I'd like to thank (laughs) you all for listening, as always, and Mr. Patrick Roan. Yeah, we'll chat later. Cheers. Cheers.